Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live on this very hot day, and so blessed to be with you once again. My name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado, and I'm ready to take your questions and your prayer requests. You just heard the number to call to be on the air, and it is 303-690-3000. We have open lines right now, so grab one of those open lines. So glad to be with you once again as we end the work week, and uh, love to talk to you about uh, the things of Scripture. Maybe you have a question that has come up. Maybe you have a question about Christian living or our worldview, uh, you uh, are more than welcome to give me a call. Let's talk about the Lord, the Word of God. Uh, let's go to God's Word to get clarity and understanding and truth. And uh, you can give me a call at 303-690-3000. And as most of you know, but maybe you're new to Calvary Live, hey, if you are new, give us a call. Let us know that you're a new listener. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, encourage you, and, and bless you in any way that we can. But there is a second means for you to be able to ask a question and give a prayer request, and that is a dedicated text line. Uh it is for texting only. Don't call. Don't think you can leave a message because you can't, but you can leave a text message. Uh, you can ask a question or a prayer request, and that number is 720-336-0897, and I'll be repeating those two numbers to you throughout the course of the program. But I do want to welcome all of you that are listening today on Calvary Live. Uh, Grace FM listeners, you're listening live all along the Front Range in Colorado up into southern Wyoming to the Panhandle, Nebraska, a powerful signal up here in northern Colorado. Gets uh, up here in uh, Boulder and Longmont and Fort Collins, uh, the whole metro area of Denver, uh, Greeley. Clear out to Fort Morgan and Brush, Heard somebody call from Akron uh, yesterday, um, and I know exactly where Akron is. And way out there on the plains, I uh, want to welcome all of you that are out there listening, Marino, wherever you're at. Um, and I'd love to uh, talk with you. Uh, give us a call. Let us know you're listening. Those of you in southern Wyoming, uh, also you're welcome in, in uh, southern Colorado and Colorado Springs, Fountain and Pueblo on 101.7. Welcome to today's program. It is warm everywhere. And I just looked and it's 100 degrees here in Greeley. I know it's about that temperature in Denver. Um, And so uh, stay uh, cool, stay hydrated. Uh, Maybe you're on the edge of the pool, uh, just relaxing. Maybe you're inside relaxing. If you have the opportunity, give me a call. I'd love to answer your questions or pray with you today. Also want to welcome all the Hope FM and Truth FM listeners on the East Coast. 
I understand it's really hot out there that the heat index, you have a warning, um, the humidity. So we're going to be praying for you. I think it'd be a good idea to start the program by just praying for all those who are working. I know up here in northern Colorado and Weld County and in Morgan County, a lot of people are out in the fields working, uh, out in the oil fields, and so we want to pray for them. Um, and those of you that are working outside, my daughter uh, is a, a manager at a pool uh, here for the city, and I know that there's a lot of kids and outside all day they have to be careful. So you be careful, stay hydrated, and uh, be blessed in uh, it's just part of the season that we are in. So I, I do want to uh, welcome all the Hope FM and Truth FM listeners on the East Coast. You are a week delayed in listening, but I know that many of you are listening online, and that online uh, audience is growing. Uh, and so uh, give us a call anywhere in the country. You can call at 303-690-3000. Love to be able to, to um, uh, take your calls. So glad to be a part of your lives. And, Father, we do pray for those who are out working outside in this heat. Uh, as we get into triple digits, I know on the East Coast um, that uh, the heat index is well over 100 with the humidity. So, Lord, I pray for the elderly, that perhaps they don't have air conditioning in their home. Um, uh, for those who perhaps have health issues, Lord, that you just be with them. And, uh, Lord, bring relief to them and comfort. And, Lord, I pray for those working outside. I know so many here in, in Colorado or uh, out in the fields working, perhaps uh, working, um, in, in, you know, in fixing the roads or uh, out there in the farm fields, out there in the oil fields, uh, construction, landscaping, whatever the case may be. I just pray that you be with them, that you would bless them, uh, help them, and, uh, Lord, that everyone would stay hydrated and uh, get us through this time of, of the heat uh, and those out east, that you would protect them as well and, and the heat index being at a dangerous level. So we just want to start the show by praying for them. We pray you bless this hour that we have together, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hey, got some open lines, 303-690-3000. We are going to go to Will in Thornton. Will? Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? You staying cool? Uh, yeah, I've been a hot building all day. I'm machinist. Yeah, yeah, that is. So uh, hopefully you get some relief here. Yep, air-conditioned car right now. Oh, good. I was just curious. <laughs> go, go ahead. I was just curious. Uh, so in the accounts that I've read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, uh, Acts, John, uh, the Holy Spirit, when it comes upon you, there's a great wind and you speak tongues. <clears throat> Is that to say that if that hasn't happened in your life, that the Holy Spirit's not in your life? Because no. my curiosity is, is like, how does it, is, I don't feel like that's symbolism. I think that that was a literal thing. Yeah, and as you, as you read the book of Acts in Acts chapter 2, um, you see that when the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples there, that there appeared to them divided tongues of fire, and, and one sat upon them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues. The Spirit gave them utterance, and there came a sound of, from heaven, a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. So some people um, will teach, or they feel like the Scripture shows us, that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, 
that this is what's going to happen. These things are going to be manifested. But as you continue through the book of Acts, that you see that um, that the you know disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit or um, baptized with the Holy Spirit, that didn't happen every time. Sometimes they spoke in tongues, but there's the absence of the mighty wind uh, rushing, um, those kinds of things. I think that, uh, Will, that you're asking a very good question, um, that you need to kind of put the whole of Scripture together, because Jesus said in John's Gospel to the disciples that after his resurrection, he breathed on them, and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in you. So before he went to the cross, he said that the Holy Spirit is going to come to convict the world of sin. So the Holy Spirit will convict people of sin, and then once you're born again by the Spirit of God, because we know that the book of Acts tells us that you're not born again if you don't have the Spirit of God, but you're not in the flesh but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. That's Romans chapter 8, verse 9. So the Holy Spirit comes into us, E-N-N. But then we know that Jesus, when he told the disciples, he said, wait it for the uh, promise of the Father of the coming upon of the Holy Spirit. And that's where we pick it up in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 1, he would say to them then that you are to um, to wait uh, here uh, in Jerusalem um, and... Um, you're to wait for the coming upon of the Holy Spirit, is what they are told. And let me read it to you. He said that, um, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That's Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, to all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So that word upon means epi. Um, So the Holy Spirit comes into us, and then the Holy Spirit can come upon us. And the purpose of it, is to empower us, to give us the power to be witnesses. Uh, it's, it's where we get our word dynamite. So you shall receive power to be my witness, not to go out and witness, but be my witness, not only with the, your words, but with the way that you live your life. So as you go through the book of Acts, you see the coming upon, the filling of the Holy Spirit upon the disciples. Um, there wasn't always a rushing wind or you know tongues of fire that took place. I think that Jesus in Luke's gospel, and you mentioned Luke's gospel, that he would say that uh, which one of you that uh, you know that has a son, that if he asked for bread, that you would give him a stone? Uh, of course not. How much more the Father who is good will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And, and for me to to come to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to be filled. I want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit so I can have the power to live for you and to, to walk with you, we receive it by faith. And there are some who teach, well, if you're not speaking in tongues, then you're not baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I don't believe that's biblical, because we do know that as Paul is writing about the spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he talks about the gifts of tongues, the gifts of you know, prophecy. He, he's talking about the interpretation of tongues. And as he wants them to have understanding, it's important for us to have understanding. And he would say to them, and one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as as well. We know that in Romans, that the Holy Spirit gives those gifts according to his grace. 
So we receive the gifts of the Spirit according to his will, according to his grace. And then Paul says this. Um, he says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all working workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way, and he talks about love. So I believe that, as Galatians says, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, that as we ask in faith for the coming upon of the Holy Spirit, how much more a good Father is going to give us the Holy Spirit to give us the power to be witnesses. And not everybody's going to have the gift of tongues. Um, and he's going to distribute those spiritual gifts according to his will and according to his grace. But the most excellent way is love, because the fruit of the Spirit is love. So I'm kind of throwing that all together, Will, if that makes sense and, and kind of helps you out. I actually have a broader question just because you said all that. So the reason I asked is because I feel like we would be able to do the things that Christ and the apostles did, like heal people of multitudes, bring a great revival in these things. Is it to say that we are waiting for the Holy Spirit to come upon us? Because I I have this this uh, young, uh, I would say he's a probably 10-year-old boy, 9-year-old boy, his name's Clive. He used to go to my church, and he's plagued with But I read in Matthew, I mean, it was just, it, it's a more serious disease, I guess, but it was seizures. And uh, I was an epileptic as a child, but I grew out of it. And uh-huh. this, this, uh, this boy has terrible seizures, and I recently did a short fast to pray and, like, I don't know, hopefully heal him. And I was just... Right. I don't know, like the Holy Spirit, I would feel, I feel like that would be God's heart, is to heal this child. And right. I prayed for like two days straight, trying to get it to, I, I was hoping that God was going to do it. Yeah, and here's the thing, Will, about, I believe that there is the gift of healing, that there, there is, the, the gifts are, are for us today, for the church. There are some who say that the gifts are not, but I believe in the validity of the gifts. But here's the thing about healing. It is according to his will and according to his grace. It is the sovereign work of God. We don't fully understand it. So sometimes he heals and sometimes he doesn't. I've prayed for people. Um, you know, I remember I prayed for a lady who couldn't hear in the ear, and all of a sudden her ear popped and she was able to hear. And I believe that she was healed. There's been other times that I've prayed for people and they weren't healed. And that's the sovereign work of God, and um, and we need to remember that. It doesn't mean that, you know, does that mean that I wasn't baptized with the Holy Spirit? Or uh, It doesn't mean that at all. Um, keep in mind the purpose of the empowering the Holy Spirit is, according to Acts, is so that we can be witnesses to all Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So, Will, you're asking good questions, but it's, you know, for a study that we don't have time to go into on the radio that really needs a little bit of detail um, and study, and I would encourage you um, to continue to study the Scriptures and keep looking at all that, because you're asking good questions. All right, Will? Thank you. If I could, would you pray for Clive for me? Pray for, say that again. You broke up a little bit. Clive. For Clive. Okay. 
Father, I just pray as as Will is is asked some very good questions, and I believe he's asking because he wants to be used. He wants to be used of you. He wants to do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and Lord, I pray that you would use him in a way that he, you know, as you desire, as you will, um, according to your grace, and that Will would know that it's a good Father that that gives us the coming upon the Holy Spirit to be a witness uh, to others in our lives. Lord, I also pray for, for Clive. Uh, Lord, we lift him up, and and I just pray that Will, uh, he knows uh, the situation. You know the situation, so we just lift him up to you. I pray you bless Will in every way. Bless Clive, work in his life in the way that you desire. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Will. Amen. Thank you. You bet. God bless you. Have a good weekend. You too. God bless. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number to call. We got a couple open lines. Let me know that you're listening. Listen to work week on a great note, uh, and give me a call. That text line is seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. And as we have time in the show, we'll go to text questions, and I'd uh, love to be able to do that. And uh, pray with you as well. We we all need prayer. Uh, maybe you need prayer for the weekend. Maybe you need prayer as you find yourself not only is it hot out there uh, physically, but maybe spiritually you're going through some hard, hot, difficult, fiery trials. And we want to be here to encourage you. And we want to be here to, you know, just lift you up to the Lord. Uh, we can go to the throne of grace um, in time of need. And uh, we have the privilege to do that. So 303-690-3000. In the meantime, we're going to go to Robert in Thornton. Robert? Yes. You're on Calvary Live. Uh, thank you. I love your show. I listen to it all the time for years. Uh, been a tough month. Had a couple young young men pass away. And uh, my request is for the comforting of their family tonight for yeah. example i'm going to a candlelight vigil in longmont for a 10 year old boy who lost his battle and uh i am actually the chaplain for motorcycle club so i say the prayer before kickstands are up wherever i'm asked yes. and i'm simply yeah. asking for strength for the family of the loved ones as uh it's a terrible grieving process, and I want to thank yeah. you for always being there for everybody. Absolutely. It's a privilege, and I'm grateful that you're going to be there at this vigil to be able to minister to the family, to be able to minister to those who are there, because it is difficult, especially for somebody who's young, 10 years old, um, and um you know, it, it's um, a lot of grief, and the grief is very, very deep. And to be a chaplain uh, for a motorcycle group, um, I've known a few chaplains. Uh, being a chaplain for the sheriff's office, um, I know uh, over the years I've met a few that had that ministry and um, just really enjoyed fellowship with them, enjoyed their ministry, appreciated their ministry. And uh, Robert, I'm so glad you called and, and we're going to pray. So, Father, I pray for Robert. Um, as he's going to be in Longmont for this candlelight vigil for the loss of this 10-year-old boy. You know the family. You know the situation. And, Lord, I just, first of all, pray for the family. Losing a child is is probably 
the most difficult thing that anyone can go through, um, the grief and the sorrow. And I pray for your comfort to come. And Lord, that as you bring your comfort, that you would help them in this time that they're pressed beyond measure. And uh, you are the God of comfort who comforts us in all our tribulation. And Lord, that also I just pray that uh, you bring comfort to the friends and uh, all those who are going to be there. But Lord, I also pray for Robert, um, that you would give him wisdom um, to be able to minister to the family, to be able to minister to those there. And uh, Lord, that you would bring comfort to him. Because as he's comforted by you, he is able to comfort others that uh, we ourselves are comforted by, and that is by you. And Lord, that you would give him the words to say, um, that the compassion to speak, um, the wisdom that he needs, and Lord, the strength that he needs in this difficult time. I thank you that he's made himself available, that he's made himself available to this group. Um, and I just pray that uh, you would use him in a most powerful way and, and in a compassionate way. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You bet, Robert. God bless you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. And you are doing such wonderful things. Uh, Thank you. We can't say enough about it. God bless you, sir. Thank you, Robert. Appreciate it. Appreciate the kind words. All right. I think we have all open lines right now, 303-690-3000. And I know it's Friday, and I know it's the end of the week. But give me a call. Maybe perhaps you've been wanting to call, and this is a great opportunity for you to be able to do that. You know, as I was thinking, as Robert called, and and uh, we were talking about also the caller before that, about the gifts of the Spirit, and, and he gives according to his grace. He gives according to his will. But one of the things that I noticed this week in my study, and perhaps you've noticed it before, that uh, we're ending the book of, of Romans. And as Paul ends Romans, uh, he commends the people, the Christians at Rome, to the grace of God. And I noticed that every single one of his epistle, he ends the epistle by commending the Christians to the grace of God. And, and I think that's a good thing to do. I think that as we minister to others, and as we are desiring to be used of the Lord, that we commend those around us that are linked to us in our lives to the grace of the Lord. And, and Paul was the apostle of grace, and he was overwhelmed by grace. And the Scripture says that we are going to spend all eternity marveling at the grace of God. And uh, so Paul usually opened up his letters with the, the dual greeting of grace and, and peace. Um, and uh, you cannot experience the peace of God unless you first experience the grace of God. And he would end his epistles with commending the Christians to the grace of the Lord. And, and that's what I, I think is a good thing to do, is, um, Lord, um, I, you know, I, I just commend these people to you. We get to go to the throne of grace. We're saved by grace. Um, grace is such an incredible thing. And really think about it um, as we, um, you know, are... Um, talking about grace, we have mercy, which means not getting uh, what we deserve. In all of us, the wages of sin is death, is what Romans says. And uh, we've fallen short of the glory of God. That's what we deserve. But mercy uh, 
means that we're not going to have that spiritual death, that we've been brought out of the darkness into his marvelous light. We have eternal life. And um, as I think about that, mercy is such an incredible thing. We need God's mercy. And it's like the the prisoner who is under a death sentence. And I was talking to somebody about this, and it was just kind of neat to to think about it and and to discuss it. Um, but if that prisoner who's under a death sentence, the the call comes in from the governor and he gets pardoned, uh, you're not going to die tonight. You're just going to go to a life sentence. That's mercy. That's showing mercy to him. But grace is the unmerited favor of God. And grace would be like, okay, not only is he pardoned his sentence, but the governor comes to the prison, uh, meets that you know prisoner, says, I pardon you. And not only have I pardoned you, but I've brought you a $100 suit that you can change. You are going to be freed from this prison. You are going to come with me. I have my lawyer with me because I'm going to adopt you. I'm going to adopt you, and I'm going to take you back to the governor's mansion, and everything that is mine is yours uh, because you're going to be an heir uh, of my inheritance. And, you know, that's grace. And we might think, well, that's a ridiculous example, but multiply that infinitely That's what Jesus has brought to us, the unmerited favor of God, that he has brought us out of death to life, and we've been justified freely by his grace. And that word justification means just as if we'd never sinned. It would be like that governor saying, your your record is clear. No more are you going to have this on your record. You're going to come home with me. And Paul goes on to explain, as you go through the book of Romans, that we have the the spirit of adoption, that we can cry out, Abba, Father, and we will never be separated from his love. And we have a godly inheritance in Christ that is ours, and and he's going to take us home to be with him. That's what we have. That is grace, and that's why it's so incredible. And now I can see why it is that Paul would commend them to the grace of Jesus Christ. And, And it's so incredible. And I know that some of you, maybe perhaps, that you have a hard time just accepting that because of relationships that were not good and not healthy, earthly relationships. Um, And I just want to just let you know that our Heavenly Father is good and His promises are true and His grace is real. And I hope and pray that you grow in the grace and love of Jesus Christ. So... um, uh, it was just really a blessing to think about that. Um, we do have, we got, um, we're getting ready to go to um, our uh, break. But first, let, let's go to let's go to Debbie and Aurora before we go to break. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Pastor. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Oh, doing pretty good in this hot weather. <laughs> <laughs> it is hot, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to thank God anyway because I woke up in breathing air today. That's right. And we have Jesus, yeah. right? Yes, we sure do. Yes, so do. I wanted oh did you get my question? Did he give it to you? Yeah, I, I'm gonna let you go ahead and ask it so the listeners can know what it is that you're wanting to know. Okay. So I have a friend who uh is going to a Jewish church and um well he told me that he was learning that 
Melchizedek with, uh, was Jesus himself, and mm-hmm. I know that to be false. But I want to. I did my research and tried to look it up, and there's not much information about Melchizedek other than he was, I think, before Abraham, and he was in Salem. Um, before I think it was called, I think it was Jerusalem that they named. Yeah, I could be wrong on that. And that he was the only high king and priest. Right. So Debbie, what we're going to do is you're going to hear the music go on in just a few seconds. Okay. And that means we're going to come to our break. But you're asking a good question, and then I'm going to kind of walk you through. You know, Melchizedek is it a Christophany of Jesus or somebody else? So you stay tuned. We'll come back to you, all right? And we'll pick up the discussion. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So good to be with you. My name is Jeff Figs. I have the privilege of pastoring Calvary Chapel Greeley uh, here in Northern Colorado and Weld County. So blessed to be with you and privileged to be with you on Calvary Live once again we're going to be in the second half of the show, so we got plenty of time for you to be able to call in. we got a line that is open, and the number is 303-690-3000. Let's talk about uh, the Lord. Let's uh, answer your questions as we go to the Word of God, and uh, and let's, um, let's just uh, look to Him. And uh, the Lord has the answers, and uh, we'll do our best we can to answer your questions or to pray with you, and certainly we want to be able to do that as well. The text line is 720-336-0897 to be able to text in a question or a prayer request, and uh, that is a dedicated text line, and so um, you can do that as well. If we have time at the end of the show, we certainly will go to those texts uh, requests and questions that you have. I also want to shout out to all the Grace FM uh, apps uh, listeners, you know, that are streaming uh, from Oregon and California, Utah, Kansas, Maryland, New Jersey, Connecticut, all through Colorado, Wyoming, those listening all around the country. Hey, give us a call. You can be a part of the show as well and welcome. Such a blessing to be a part of your lives. We had a discussion that we were having with Debbie from Aurora uh, before we went to the break. So, Debbie, you still with me? Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, Pastor. Thank you. You bet. Absolutely. So, Debbie's asking a good question about Melchizedek and in the Scriptures. And was Melchizedek um, Jesus himself, or just speaking of a uh, type of, of of Jesus, a type of Christ. And so, Debbie, what I want to do is, you know, you you made reference to Genesis chapter 14, right? That's when mm-hmm, we first correct. see Melchizedek. And in that, uh, Melchizedek kind of shows up, it's kind of a mystery um, as he comes and shows himself to Abraham, uh, Abram at that time, but we'll call him Abraham. And Abraham had just rescued Lot, 
and um, those who were taken off into captivity. And I'm going to read it for the sake of our listeners. In Genesis chapter 14, verse 18, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, and he was the priest of the God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hands. And he, that is Abram, gave him a tenth of all. So we see here um, that Melchizedek comes up in a few short verses. Um, Melchizedek presented Abram, Abraham with bread and wine um, and demonstrated friendship, uh, bestowed a blessing on Abraham um, in the name of the God Most High. And we know that uh, Abraham presented Melchizedek a tenth uh, of all the items that he had gathered. So he tied to, to Melchizedek. When you go to Psalm 110, have you read Psalm 110? Uh, I can't remember. I think I did flip. I don't remember what yeah. it said. Well, in Psalm 110, uh, Melchizedek is mentioned once again. And we know that that's a messianic psalm. So as we look at that and read that, that it speaks uh, that you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So that's another reference. Um, and then we go into the book of Hebrews, right? And the book of Hebrews begins to talk about Jesus being a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And Debbie, do you know why the author of Hebrews is presenting that? Because I, I, I think it's because um, when Jesus comes back to reign on for the thousand years with the with us, with the saints, um, that Jesus is going to be the king and the high priest. Yeah, and, that, and you're right. That's what I'm understanding, but yeah. Yeah, you're on the right track, Debbie. And, and here's the thing. When the writer of Hebrews, which we don't know exactly who it was, it, it probably best guess it was Paul that wrote it, translated in Greek by Luke. But there's, you know, others, maybe Barnabas or Apollos, we don't know for sure. We know ultimately the Holy Spirit is the author of Hebrews. And what the author of Hebrews is doing is making the case for Jesus because he's our great high priest, just like you said. Uh, he's superior. Um, he's superior than any uh, of the priests of the Levitical priesthood. And in the book of Hebrews, it was very important to present the case that um because the, the Hebrew reader would read it and say, hey, Jesus cannot be a priest because he's from the tribe of Judah, and we know that the priests came from where? They came from Levites. the tribe of Levi's, exactly. So Jesus, he's superior in every way. He's superior to any religious leader. He's superior to the angels. That case is made. He is ministering in a superior sanctuary, and his priesthood is superior because he doesn't come after the Aaronic priesthood or the Levitical priesthood because what those priests did in the Old Testament could not take away sin. It only covered sin, kofar, until Jesus Christ died once and for all. You see that term through the book of Hebrews, once and for all. So the Levitical priesthood, the Aaronic priesthood, was an unfinished work. 
But this Melchizedek, as the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 7, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, um, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings, blessed him, to whom Abraham gave a tenth of part. So he goes on and he talks about Melchizedek, and then he quotes from Psalm 110 that you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So the question is, here is Melchizedek. Was he actually a Christophany of Jesus, or was he just um, a type of, of Jesus that came on the scene? And that's where the debate is. And, um, you know, he's the king of righteousness. He's the king of Salem, of uh, 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 peace. To me, you know, it, it's not a means by which we, you know, are to divide over. There are some very good Bible teachers that I've read, scholars that say Melchizedek was a type of Christ that came on the scene. Others say, no, it's a Christophany, an appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. There's only one king of righteousness, and there's only one king of peace, and who is that? That's Jesus, right? Yes, absolutely. So I lean towards the the side of it was a Christophany of Jesus. When he gave bread and wine, what does that speak of? That speaks of his body. That speaks of um, communion. Bread and wine. Yeah. Yeah, communion. It speaks mm-hmm. of com- mm-hmm. communion. So for me, I don't have a problem seeing it as Jesus, plus that messianic psalm, Psalm 110, and it's definitely a messianic psalm, speaks of Jesus, that he's a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. But I'm not going but, to, you know, argue but, and but throw my question, fit. But my question is, was Melchizedek a real person? Yeah, he was a real person that came to Abraham. Um, oh, okay. Abraham gave a tithe to him, you know. That's right. They conversed. You know, he blessed them. So in Genesis 14, there's no question. So the debate comes, and I don't think it needs to be a, a, a serious debate. It's kind of like Debbie in Revelation chapter 10. Um, mm-hmm. There's this mighty angel that John sees that has the scroll in the book. Some see it as Jesus for good reasons. they got good reasons to stand on biblically. And then others say, that, no, it's the mighty angel, perhaps Michael. Either case, I don't have a problem with it. And then Melchizedek as well. But we do know this. This is an important thing, that you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, because Jesus, that his priesthood is forever, that he comes from a superior priesthood, and that's why Jesus is superior. The Aaronic priesthood could not finish the work. The, the Levitical priesthood, the priests of the Old Testament, they were doing sacrifices all the time, and it still was not a work. Jesus is superior. He ministers in a superior sanctuary, and, and that's the key that we need to remember when we talk about Melchizedek. Right, and that's what I—that's how I understood it. Yeah. I just needed to. Um, I just—I just had to get this out of my head and, and <laughs> verbalize it. <It's, laughs> you know. You know it's. It's a good question, Debbie, and I want to commend you because you're studying the Scriptures. You're wondering about these things, and that's a good question to ask, and it causes us to dig in the Scriptures and dig in the Scriptures. And, you know, um, you know, we want to, to me, from Genesis to Revelation, it speaks of Jesus, it points to Jesus, all fulfilled by Jesus. 
and and you're asking very good questions. So I commend you on that. So keep studying, and and you'll come to your conclusion on that. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you calling, and you have a good all right. weekend. All right. You too, and God bless everybody. You bet. Stay cool. Okay. All right. All Bye-bye. right, Debbie. Thanks for calling. Good questions. Those those are questions that you know that. Uh, both sides got good, you know, standing, and and maybe it was just a type of Jesus, and you can do your own research, or maybe it was a Christophany of Jesus, um, and but we know that Jesus is superior from a superior priesthood, and that's the main thing to keep in mind. Let's go to Deborah in Lakewood. Hello. How are you, Deborah? Hi. You're on Calvary Live. Hi. Thank you, Pastor. Yes, um, recently, i say like two weeks ago, my um, auntie, she has diabetes, and she had her, her foot amputated. Uh-huh. And, um, but they took half her leg. Okay. So we've been praying and praying, and then cancer and diabetes run through our family. I recently got sick, and they put me on a Mediterranean diet, a special okay. diet, and, um, but um, I'm all right now. I'm better. But I just wanted you to pray for my family and me. Absolutely. Because um, it's you know, like they say, the devil stay busy. But I know my auntie. We love Jesus. We love him so much. That's why I just when I heard about that, I, I immediately turned to God and told God help us. Yeah. But that's why and I was he's... calling to let you know yeah. that um, I'm fine. But if we could just pray for my whole family. Yeah, and you know, when you were speaking, I was thinking of the psalmist who says that God is our very present help, um, and He is there to help. And you guys, you have the Lord; He's there to help you. Um, you know, He's so faithful, and uh, His grace is sufficient during these times. And we're going to pray. I'm going to pray for your um, for your family. So, Father, I do pray for Deborah. She's called um, for prayer. Uh, for her uh, for um, a family member, uh, her aunt. Lord, I just pray that um, as she's had her foot and her part of her leg amputated, that you would help her um, with this diabetes. And, um, and then comes the other problems that follow. I pray that you would bring healing to her, that you bring comfort to her. And, and Lord, that, uh, that you would show yourself strong and on her behalf of her aunt, and I pray for Deborah that as she's faced it and died as help. But Lord, I pray you keep her healthy and and uh, and for her family as diabetes and cancer runs through it, that you would bring a healing touch to them. And Lord, I thank you that they have you. I thank you that they love you, and she's expressed that. But Lord, we also pray for your grace of healing upon them, upon Deborah and and, and her aunt, and and Lord just work in in that way and uh, i pray that you would um just touch their bodies and we pray for that healing in jesus name amen thank you pastor so much you bet deborah god god bless you ah so wonderful you know jesus said you will have tribulation because we live in a fallen world don't we and we live in a world that there's sickness and there's disease um, he says it rains on the just and the unjust, and and we will go through uh, the the times of sickness and 
and challenges and difficulties, but we have Jesus. And Jesus went on to say, but be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world. And we can be of good cheer even in the difficulties because we have Jesus that's overcome the world. And so I love it when I get a call from Deborah and and asking for prayer, and there's concern, obviously, but just expressing that we have the Lord and um, and that that's such a blessing. So I'm so uh, grateful that uh, we have a, a loving Lord that we can entrust our cares and cast our cares upon him because he cares for for us, as Peter writes. And that word cast means like casting a fishing net. Uh, you see, uh, and you've seen it, you know, in the Sea of Galilee, Peter, he was a fisherman. He cast his fishing net, and he says, I can cast my cares upon the Lord just as I grew up and uh, casting that net into the Sea of Galilee. Well, let's continue with phone lines. Hey, we still have um, some open lines, so give me a call. we got plenty of time uh, in the show, uh, and 303-690-3000, so grab one of those before we end. But in the meantime, let's go to Joanne in Inglewood. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Pastor. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. I have a question. You were discussing uh, Melchizedek in uh, one of the uh, Gospels. It gives the lineage of Joseph as being from the tribe of Judah. And then it gives the, the other one gives the lineage of Mary, who came from the tribe of Levi. And so I know they say that Christ is uh, from the tribe of Judah, but where does Mary's lineage uh, fall into that? Well, that's a good question, and I'm going to answer it the best I know how, because you know it takes a little bit of thinking to go through. Because we know that the genealogies in Matthew and Luke are different, right? So Matthew, if I remember right, traces the genealogy from Jesus to Abraham. Luke traces the genealogy from Jesus to Adam, and we know that Luke traces the line through David's son Nathan. Um, and David was from what tribe? From the tribe of Judah. And, um, yeah, so he was from the tribe of Judah. Um, We know that, um, I think that uh, Luke recording Mary's genealogy is what he is doing. Matthew is recording Joseph's. So Matthew is following the line of Joseph, Jesus uh, legal father through David's son Solomon, while Luke is following the line of Mary, Jesus' blood relative, through David's son Nathan. So, oh, well. you know, that's what we see. That's the difference. So, um, so that's the difference in the genealogies that are explained, um, and and that's why um, when you trace the genealogy through the mother side. Uh, which was unusual to do that, uh, but so was the virgin birth. And Luke's explanation is that Jesus was the son of Joseph, so it was thought, as you read there in Luke chapter 3, at the end of that genealogy. So they they go through different lines is what they're following, and that's kind of a summation of it um, that that I can remember and think of. And uh, there's, you know, probably more in-depth explanation for it, but... That's what I have for you. No, it makes sense. But uh, with Mary being uh, of the tribe of Levi, wouldn't that 
also make him uh, again the uh, part Judah, part Levi. Well, that's that's part where I don't quite. I'd have to look at it because um, what what I see is the genealogy going through the tribe of Judah, um, because it's all going through David's line. We know that, of course, in the Old Testament, that um, the Lord said that David, through your descendants, is going to come the Messiah. That's why you read in the Gospels that the people would cry out, Son of David, Son of David. That was a messianic term. So what I remember and what I read and going through it is that it isn't through the tribe of Levi. um, It's through the tribe of Judah. Luke traces the line through David's son, Nathan, Matthew, um, that he uh, traces the genealogy, as I remember um, that uh, Matthew traces a line through David's son Solomon. So there's two different lines, but they're both of the line of Judah. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, it does. Okay. So. All right. All right. Good I, question. I was just curious about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think it, it includes Levi. Now you know who was from the tribe of Levi was Moses, um, yeah. and and Moses and Aaron and in the different families. But this is all trace what I see in the Gospels through the line of David, through Nathan, and then Solomon. Okay? okay. All right. Thanks Thank for you. calling. Good question. Keep studying your Bible. Good to think through. Um, let's go to Aaron and Parker. Aaron? Hello? Hi, yes? You're on, you're on Calvary Live. Oh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm calling for a prayer request for my husband, David. He fell. Um, he had a stroke, and then he fell and broke his neck in two different places and was immediately oh. paralyzed from the neck down. Oh, and no. this happened about three weeks ago, so he was in the hospital for three weeks, and now he just went to rehab, and he'll be there for a while and then also have home care after that. Okay. Long story short... Doctor said he wouldn't walk again. Um, God has been moving miraculously throughout all of this, and he's already taking a few steps. Um, he still cannot feel his hands, can barely feel part of his legs, but God's proving science wrong. Wow. And I would just like prayer for his continuous healing, as well Absolutely. as our finances, because I'm out of yeah. a job because I had just quit due to my health, and now he mm-hmm. no longer is working because of his. So it's yeah. really like his complete healing. Yes. God is, like I said, using miraculously things. Doctors are, like, amazed at his progress. Good. Um, Good. I, yeah, Aaron, absolutely. Okay. And, I, and I know it must be overwhelming. Um, I can't it imagine is. going all through that with but the stroke. But we have a lot Just, of families that are not believers, and they're saying, uh-huh. how could you praise God through this? Wow. But we're saying, you know, doctors are saying he can't walk again, and yet look at him. And he's taken so, a few steps, you said, right? He actually took six six cases yesterday, and I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a miracle. Yes, he's already so, regaining feeling in a lot of his body. Um, oh, wow. The weakest part of his hands and yeah. his feet. So I would like prayer for that. Absolutely. Um, and just Let's our pray. finances. 
Father, I pray for Erin. She's been through a lot over the last few weeks. Her husband having a stroke, falling, breaking his neck, being told that he won't walk again. But she, in the midst of this trial and being overwhelmed and difficulty, and her husband as well, that, Lord, you're showing yourself strong on her behalf. And, Lord, being told to never walk again, he has walked. He's taken six steps, and, Lord, I pray that that would increase, increase to 60, to, to, to many more, that you would continue to bring healing and strength to his body. And, Lord, that um, they would see uh, you touching in a miraculous way because you can do that. And we pray for your grace upon this family, this couple. I pray that it would be a testimony, as Aaron has said, a witness to much of their family that is non-believers, that, Lord, that they would see that um, not only the miracle, but the miracle of, of just trusting in you and looking to you, that you are real. Lord, I pray for their finances. I pray that um, as this brings a strain to them financially, that you would supply all their needs in Christ Jesus, supply all their needs materially, Lord, that you would provide for them, and Lord, that uh, you would continue to show yourself strong on on their behalf. So, Lord, I pray for Erin that she would be comforted, encouraged, um, her husband as well. Uh, the physical therapist would just uh, continue to see rapid progress, Lord, uh, even as it's been in a few short weeks, um, even though those weeks perhaps seemed so long. But Lord, continue to bring healing and strength and wisdom and provision in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Hey, Aaron. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we'll be praying for you. And keep us updated so we can keep praying for you guys, okay? I will. His last name is Marky Guard, and my sister put him on next door if anyone wants to follow his progress. Okay. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. All right. God bless you. We'll continue to pray. All right. All lines are open, but we are getting towards the end of the show. I'm going to go to the text line because there's been a few texts. Um, and uh, there uh, is a text that came in concerning. Um, changes in churches, and we're not sure if this is something that God wants. And I think uh, that's a, a question that perhaps some people have. And when it comes to changing churches, I, I think there's a good reason and a bad reason to do it. The Lord is a shepherd, and he moves his, his sheep. And so if you feel like you need to, because maybe perhaps you're not being fed in a church, they're not teaching the Bible, that seems to be something that's taken place. Um, to where um, people are saying, I'm drying up, and we're not being fed. There's not a commitment to the Scriptures, a belief in the Scriptures. That may be a good reason to leave or, or uh, you know, change in churches. But I think the key is to be praying. You don't want it to leave, you know, to where because of division or anger and things like that. You always want to try to resolve those things. But if the Lord is leading you to change a church to a different church, be sure to pray about it. Be sure to go to a church where they're teaching the scriptures. They believe in, in the inspiration, infallibility uh, of the scriptures, um, the authority of the scriptures. They're committed to it and belong to a church and um, that you can support the leadership and that you can trust the leadership in that church. And I think that's very important. 
And so those are the factors that you should have uh, whenever that you are looking at changing for a church. And I want to also end, and I usually do end this as, you know, we're ending the week, that make sure that you are in fellowship. Sometimes people get very discouraged uh, because they had a bad experience in the church or for whatever reason. And I know those hurts and those frustrations can be very, very real, and your guard is up. But don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together, especially as the manner of some. And find a church that you can belong to, that you can grow with the brethren in the Word of God, um, that you can use your gifts. I, I think it's so critical, especially in the day in which we're living in, that be in fellowship. So I want to encourage you, all of you that can be in church this weekend, go to church, be in church, and find a good Bible-teaching church where you're going to be taught, where you're going to be loved, where you can you know, serve in, that, um, that you— uh, can be a part of, and especially in the day in which we're living in, where it's becoming more confusing, more difficult, more darker. And Paul said to Timothy, it's going to be that way. It is going to be that way in the last days. It's going to be perilous times. And he said, evil men and, and imposters are going to grow worse and worse, Timothy, and this is what you must do. You must continue in the Scriptures, which you have learned from childhood. And all Scripture is inspired by God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that we might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So make sure that you're in fellowship. Hope you get, you can take somebody with you as well. Hey, thanks for calling in, being a part of the show today. God bless you, and we'll talk to you next time. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.